everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. On today's episode, we're going to talk about brokenness, anger, feeling cynical, frustration, disappointment, and yet being willing to turn around and open our eyes. I think there's a pretty big possibility that most of you listening, if not all of you, have at some point in time been hurt or burned by Christianity. Whether it was by a Christian person or a church or an organization, like it happens. It's out there, unfortunately. And we're going to talk more about that in the coming series because so often it's just quiet and kept silent and you're made to feel shame and guilt for being hurt. But I want to talk specifically today to those of you guys who are just feeling a lot of frustration, anger, cynicism. Maybe you have a really hard time thinking that God is real or that he loves you. Maybe you feel just a lot of frustration or cynicism when someone talks about hearing from God or what God's done in their life because you're looking at your own life and you're like, well, I don't hear from him. I don't feel him. I don't even know if he's real. And I want to just share a little story with you guys. So I have a friend who feels all of those things and they have legitimate reason for feeling those things. Like they have been burned and hurt by church and by Christian people. And they were just talking to me about just the frustrations that they feel and how they just feel like God isn't anywhere and how, you know, I keep talking to them about God being real, but they don't see him or feel him or anything. And I don't know if you figured this out by now, but I can be pretty blunt. Like I don't have a whole lot of filter when it comes to being just direct and blunt and I'll tell you what it is. But I try so hard when I'm talking to real people to like temper that with like grace and love and mercy. And so I'm just like listening and I'm trying to pray and just be quiet and ask questions. But as I'm praying and asking questions and listening, I get this mental picture. And in my mind, I see my little stubborn son. And I love my little stubborn son, but he can be so stubborn sometimes. And I see him sitting in a corner with his nose pressed against the wall and his hands over his eyes. And he's like crying and he's miserable and he's upset, but he refuses to turn around. He's like, you know, you don't love me. You don't love me. And even though his daddy is right there behind him, he's refusing to see him. He's refusing to turn around. And so I'm listening to my friend talk and I, I get this picture and I just said, can I share something with you? That's why I shared the picture with them. And I said, you know, I feel like you're just sitting in this corner with your hands over your eyes. And I said, I, I'm not asking you to leave the corner, but will you just turn around and take your hands off your eyes and be aware so that when God comes to get you, you can see him? And if that's you today, like, I want to say that to you. Like, it's okay if you're broken and it's okay if you're angry and it's okay if you're feeling cynical and frustrated and disillusioned. Because you've been hurt. It's very possible that just horrible things have happened to you. And there's a reason for you to feel that way. However, I'm just asking, will you please just turn around and open your eyes so that when Jesus comes to get you, you'll see him. And my friend and I talked, I don't know, gosh, months ago. But just recently, I've just been noticing a change. Like there's kind of this transformation that's happening and I can't quite put my finger on it, but just something. And so we were talking again and I was like trying to be gentle, you know, 
so I noticed a big change in you. I don't know if you're noticing it too, kind of thing. And they're like, yeah, I totally am. And I was like, well, do you know, you know, where that's coming from? What's going on? You know, what's, what's happening? And they said, nah, I don't, I don't really know. But actually that time when you told me about, you know, being in the corner with my eyes shut, like I've just really been trying to like be more aware of God. I was like, yes. Oh my gosh. So exciting. Yeah. I, yes. So exciting. And so I want you guys to know, like God loves you. Like he's after you. He wants you. And so often we just resist. Like he lets us, he lets us resist. And when I was listening to this podcast a while ago, I heard this lady talking with a professor and they were discussing um, like Calvinism and Arminianism and all this big stuff, you know, free will, free will versus predestination. And in the middle of it all, they started talking about this thing called Molinism. And it's this guy who believes kind of in the middle. And I was like, hey, a middle wayer. And so I start listening to them talk about Molinism. And it's this guy who's in the middle way, Josephus de Molina. And he was a guy who believed that God, yes, predestined everything. However, the reason that he was able to say that he predestined it plus us having our free will was because he knew all the different possibilities. God understands all the possibilities of what could happen. And yet he still, you know, in the middle of that knowing allows us to choose. So I was like, okay, that's big. But in the middle of all of that stuff, they give this little illustration. And they said, what if salvation is kind of like an ambulance ride? And what if our relationship with God is like an ambulance ride? where we have the opportunity to jump out of the ambulance and be like, stop treating me, I'm on my own, leave me alone. But if we just stop resisting, they'll save us. And there's a lot to unpack around that. I'm not totally sure I completely agree with it. However, I totally agree with it when it comes to our relationship with God. Because he allows us to resist. God allows us to resist him. Big, powerful, all-powerful, all-knowing, everything God allows us to resist. He allows us to say no. But I think so often if we would just stop resisting, they'll save us. The Trinity is like this holy EMT service, you know, and they want to save us. They want to fix us. They want to heal us. They want to restore us. And if we'll just stop resisting and let them, they will. And I know that kind of rubs people the wrong way sometimes because it sounds like I'm just saying like, don't do anything. I've actually gotten in trouble a lot lately by some people for preaching too much grace and not enough, like, you need to do stuff to change. But guys, I don't think you can preach too much grace. Like, grace is what changes us. When we recognize that we're just, like, helpless in the back of that ambulance, there is nothing we can do on our own. There is, we're just, we're complete sinners. Like, sin is that self-centeredness that colors everything. It's not just our behaviors that we can get rid of. Like, it's everywhere, and we are hopeless and helpless without Jesus. But the Trinity wants to be our EMTs. Like they want to save us. They want to save every one of their children. And yet they allow us to resist. And so I feel like if we would just rest, you know, if I was getting, if I woke up in the back of an ambulance and they were like, yeah, you're in big trouble. Like you need to lay still. I'm going to lay still. And if they say, yeah, I'm going to poke you with this IV and it's going to hurt for a little bit. I'm gonna, I don't care. I'm going to lay still. Let them save me. Like I wanted them to save me. I'm not just going to jump out of the ambulance and die. Like, I want to be saved. And so if we saw it that way, I wonder how that would change us. I wonder how that would change our relationship with God. I wonder how that would change our view of religion and Christianity. If we just really believed that they're for us, 
God is for us. Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they're for us. They want to save us. They want to restore us. They want to heal us. And if we would just stop resisting, they will. I don't know, guys. I love it. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of an out there thought. And yet, I feel like it just goes along with so much of what Jesus did when he was here on earth. Like he was constantly pursuing people. And it was the ones who resisted him that didn't get it. You know, the Pharisees thought they knew more than him. And the people that were so religious and so had it all figured out on their own. Like they were the ones that missed God. And the broken people, the ones that knew they needed to get healed, they were the ones who got him. They became his disciples. And they were the ones that he used to go ahead and share his gospel with the world. So I don't know about you, but I want to be a broken person. I want to be okay with being broken. And so back to those of you who are sitting in your corner, I know so often Christianity can just shame you and guilt you and make you feel like you're a terrible person because you're not doing the right thing. And I'm here to tell you that's religion. That is not Jesus. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And shame and guilt are not the same as conviction. There's religious people out there who want to try to convince you that shame and guilt are you know, conviction. Like if you don't feel this heavy weight of shame and guilt, then you're not feeling conviction. But shame and guilt are from the enemy. They're not from Jesus. And conviction is more like a, a tap, a nudge, a feeling of like, hey, what are you doing? It's not this heavy weight. And so I just want to encourage you, like if you're there in the corner, it's okay. God gets it. Jesus gets it. You've been hurt. And he's not condemning you and he's not rejecting you and he's not waiting for you to get it together. He wants you to invite him right into the middle of your mess. You know, all you got to do is say, you don't have to leave your corner, like stay in your corner if you want to. But just say, hey, will you come sit here with me? Like, Jesus, will you come figure this out with me? Like, will you come sit in my mess and sort through it with me? And oh, he will. That's his favorite thing to do. Look at all the broken people he was constantly after when he was here on earth. Jesus was after the broken ones. He picked the tax collectors. He picked the prostitutes. He picked everybody who was broken. Those are his peeps. Those are his people. And so if you're feeling broken right now, that's actually a good thing because you're one of Jesus' people. Guys, when we're trying to be good all the time, I want to talk to those people now. Talk to the broken people in the corner and now I want to talk to the good people. When you're trying to be good, you're going to miss grace. You're going to miss grace. Do you remember the parable Jesus told about the Pharisee and the tax collector praying in the temple? And the tax collector stood there and he beat his chest and he said, God, have mercy on me. And the Pharisee stood there and he told God how great he was. Thank you that I'm not like everybody else. Thank you that I'm not like this horrible tax collector over there. Thank you that I'm such a great person. Good people miss grace, guys. Good people miss forgiveness. When we're trying so hard to be good, it's not going to work. And we're going to miss out. It's okay to be broken. It's okay to be bad. Like, we all are. And yet that is the most beautiful paradox of all. Like, talk about tension theology. This is the most beautiful thing. Because at the same time that we are so broken, more broken than we'll ever imagine, we are also so loved more love than we will ever know. And we are loved and adored right in the middle of our brokenness. 
not because we have it together, not because we have anything to offer, but because Jesus looks at us and he says, I love you. I adore you. I want you. That's the real Jesus. That's the real God. People who are out there and trying to tell you you have to do stuff to make God happy with you, you have to do stuff in order to show him that you're following him. Like doing stuff, we're right back to that same quote by Mike Cosper, that religion is the business of appeasing God. So if you're trying to appease God by things, then it's not working. All of our righteousness is filthy rags, Isaiah says. Like all of our goodness, our best efforts are just nasty old dirty rags. God doesn't want our goodness. He wants our hearts. He wants to change our hearts and make our hearts like him so that we become like him. You know, the fruit of the spirit is not about the fruit that we're trying to make ourselves. The fruit of the spirit is about God producing his own likeness within us. It's the fruit of the spirit. So I just want to encourage you guys. It's okay to be broken. You are loved in the middle of your brokenness. Please turn around. Please stop resisting. Open your eyes. It's okay if you do nothing. Don't do anything except for turn around and open your eyes and let Jesus come save you. Let him come get you because he's on his way. He's on his way. He loves you. I know this without, oh my gosh, I know this so much, guys. You want to know how much God loves you? Ask him to give you love for somebody that you should not love. Okay? We, we all love our family. We love our friends. We love people who are nice to us. But ask him to give you his love for somebody that you should not love. The last time this happened to me, and I'm telling you, this is why I know you're loved. The last time this happened to me, I was getting a Starbucks at Meyer, and there was a guy in front of me in line. And I'm pretty sure he was a Satanist, okay? He was like dressed in black and he had like super scary tattoos and earrings and like this long dreadlocky black hair and he had um a skull on his you know a skull and a pentagon I mean, it was just like definitely scary stuff big black jeans with like chains and I mean I don't know he was like terrifying looking but as I'm standing there in Starbucks looking at him I literally just became filled with God's love for him I loved this crazy boy I loved him so much and I just found myself just praying for him and loving him and just wanting Jesus to just catch him. And, and like, I mean, I just was like basically crying in Starbucks and I'm pretty sure that he didn't see me because he was looking at his phone. But if he did see me, he would be like, wow, that is a one crazy woman over there, like crying and smiling at me. Like she's nuts. I need to leave. And guys, this happened to me like so many times. I have had this happen so many times in my life where God just like pours his love for somebody else into my heart. And then he whispers, that's how much I love you. That's how much I love you. And I'm like, yep, I know. I know. So guys, you are loved. I know your love because I felt God's love for random people that shouldn't I shouldn't love. And I have felt his love for you just now as I'm talking about this. And I just want you to just throw away all of that doubt about I could never be good enough to be loved like baloney. You're right. You could never be good enough to be loved. But Jesus loves you anyway, despite your goodness or lack thereof. He just adores you. I hope you can believe that. And so on that note, like I said, pray, ask God to give you his crazy love for somebody that you shouldn't love so you can feel how much he loves you. I hope you do. I know he does. And until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect, 
with a community of people who are looking for the real God.